Well, thank you to our music team, and I feel so blessed tonight to sing these promises that God has given to us, and I know it's a real busy, busy season for all of us. You've probably got plans after this service tonight and tomorrow. Uh, some of you are getting together with families, some are missing families, and um, I get a lot of time on FaceTime with my grandkids, so it was about two weeks ago that I'm talking to my 10-year-old grandson, Ross, and he says, Grandpa, I just wish today was Christmas. I think, you know, the, the anticipation uh, for this season is probably greater than any other time of the year. So when you think of expectations, they're just really, really high. And reality is somewhere less than that of what happens. And so when our expectations are so incredibly high and it's impossible to meet those expectations, there's an occasion for disappointment. So it's a very exciting time of the year, but it can also be a very difficult time of the year. One of the great themes of this Advent season, we call this the first Advent, the coming of the baby, uh, the child, Jesus Christ in Bethlehem, the first Advent, is hope. In fact, it's the one that we, we begin with is hope. And when you think of hope, you think of expectation, you think of anticipation, you think of desire, you think of wishing for something. And this is the season that we're in. And there are seasons in life that are like that. In fact, I think that, that all along we've been building up you know, it used to be right after Thanksgiving, now it's after um, Halloween and sometime in the middle of the summer. In fact, uh, I'm thinking, Ed, with Hobby Lobby, they'll probably start Monday for next Christmas. <laughs> but um, building up that expectation and hope. And so we, we can sometimes struggle with that. I think of when kids, you know, the most exciting time is when you're a kid at Christmas. And I can still remember, you know, th that one gift or a couple of gifts and I know you kids are very, very excited about tomorrow morning, aren't you? Can't wait for it to come. You're going to be kind of getting your parents up, maybe 4 o'clock in the morning or 4.30. Are, are they, are they going to make you wait until 6 a.m.? Are they going to make you do that? I don't know. <laughs> but I still remember the, the excitement and anticipation of being five years old and going to kindergarten. And parents are even more excited than you. The excitement and the anticipation of being 13, you're now a teenager. I was talking to one young man who tomorrow is going to turn 16. I'm not going to mention Brian's name, but he was, he was kind of chill about, you know, I just kind of take them now as they come. But I know deep down for him, there's that excitement being 16, 18. Now you're finishing high school and you're going off into the work world. If you go to 21, you are an adult. You are an adult now. Not that anyone's going to care about that, but you are an adult. <laughs> at, at 22, at 22, you graduate from college, and you get a great job, and you move back in with your parents. <laughs> well, we, we anticipate certain things. And then after, after 22 or so, you don't get too excited about 30 or 40 or 50. The next big exciting one is 65. 
because then you can get on Medicare. So, but not quite as exciting. I remember Diane and I going on a, a cruise one time and the guy came up to our table and he said, we are going to exceed your expectations. And we looked at each other like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way they're gonna exceed our expectations. So we read in Luke chapter two, story that was read tonight and we spoke on last Sunday, uh, a number of events about the shepherds and then it, it flows right into this story of hope regarding an older man named Simeon. And we don't know a lot about Simeon except he was probably of great age. He had been waiting a very long time for his hope, his desire, his expectation, his anticipation to be realized. And so we read in Luke 2, it says in verse 25, at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple, so that when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, this was a dedication of their son, Simon was there, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praising God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation. You think of this, which, that he had been promised to all the people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. So he has been eagerly waiting all his life, and finally he is here. He said, let me die in peace. I have seen this salvation. Now, it's a brief story. It's a brief account uh, but, but three things t pop out to me. First of all, the necessity of hope. We can't live without hope. We just can't. None of us can. You've probably heard the saying, you can live 40 days without food, four days without water, four minutes without, without air, possibly. Don't try that. <laughs> but only four seconds without hope. When we lose hope, and that does happen with people, when they just despair, they become discouraged and distraught. They give up on life. It happens all the time when we lose hope. We cannot live. We cannot survive without hope. Now, hope is not just expectation or anticipation but it's expectation and anticipation for something good. If we have expectation and, and anticipation for something bad, <laughs> that's called dread and that's called fear. That's called the other shoe is gonna drop. <laughs> and so it's not just anticipating what's gonna happen, it is something good. And here's the thing about the way God works. Everything that God does and every bit of promise that he gives to us to give us hope is driven out of his goodness. God is good. Now, granted, there are times we wonder, 
We will tend to question it. In fact, you know, when your life starts to unravel, when you go through great tragedy, sorrow, or sickness, or pain with family members, the first thing you, you tend to doubt is the goodness of God. But you can see, not only does he state that he is good, all through human history, he proves that out. In the long run, he proves that out. So Simeon could, for all those years, you think if he's probably 70, 80 years old, all his life with the ups and downs, the pains, the sorrows, the conquering uh, by the Roman Empire over Israel, of, of all the things that he experienced, there, he could have doubted, Lord, will you ever, will you ever come? Will you ever send your Messiah? And yet he did. Philippians 1.6, Paul said, I'm sure of this, that he who begins a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So God began a good work in you. I believe when he created you. And he will continue that good work even when you doubt. What Simeon is hoping for is the best thing, the best thing in the world. It is life and life eternal. So it is an essential. All of us need hope. But what is, what is the basis of hope? That's a, that's a question. What is, because your faith is only as strong as what you believe in. If I believe in something that's not real or it's not true, or it's a big lie, I'm going to be disappointed. And how many times have we been suckered into something, haven't we? And think, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to trust this person, or I'm going to trust this, and it doesn't happen, and we're let down. And every person around us can let us down, and society can let us down. But our faith, the basis of our hope, rests on faith. It's not just a wish. We can have a lot of wishes Faith, we read in Hebrews 11.1, 1, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? You know, when you think of it, it's the substance of the things that we hope for. It, it is the reality. It is, it is the proof or the evident, the, 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 uh, the given evidence of what we need to see. It's like the wind that blows. You can't see it, but you know that it's real. Your faith is only as strong as the object. But faith placed in God and in his promises, and let me, let, me, let me make this clear, faith that is put in God and in his promise will never ultimately fail. God cannot fail. And his promises will always prove true. This is what we read. This is what we see. God's promises are the surest thing in life. So the necessity of hope, I think that we have the basis of our hope, but I want to talk just a moment as I close this out, the pursuit of our hope. How, how do you pursue hope that's not going to be ultimately disappointed? How can you have a healthy, robust, strong hope. For Simeon, we read about a man who put his faith in really in God and what he had promised. So I would, I would sum it this way, knowing God's promises and acting on them. Knowing God's promises and acting on them.
there are a lot of things we can hope for that God hasn't promised. And so we wish for it, we hope for it, we desire it. But there are so many, many things that God has promised us, each of us. So how, how would Simeon even know that this is the Messiah, the salvation of the world? How would he know this? Because he read the scriptures. And, and this book is filled with the promises of God. So for you and for me to build a robust faith, we follow the same pattern. Isaiah, 700 years before Simeon, he says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Isaiah 9, 6, For to unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So there are probably at least 700 prophecies about the birth of Christ in the scriptures. These are written, and Isaiah was one of the later prophets, 700 years before it happens. 700 plus prophecies. So knowing this and then acting on it. See, we, we've talked so much about our faith and our hope. If it's an intellectual hope, but not a, a hope that we act on, we'll never experience the joy and the peace that follow the hope. For us, the same. His words, his promises that he has given to us, the first advent, and now we know there is a second advent. Here's what's kind of exciting. <laughs> you know, you read through all through the Old Testament. I know, I know sometimes reading through the Old Testament, you got to slug it out just going through it. But, but you, can, you can find these 700 plus prophecies about him coming. And, and then we get into Matthew, he's there, he comes, he's, he's holding him. And he realizes this is salvation. So the second advent, that's the first advent. The second advent is when he comes again. There are 1,800 prophecies, 1,800 promises of his second coming. One of them is what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, do not let your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, that wasn't just the end. Doubting Thomas says, Lord, how can we know the way? We can't know the way. And Jesus responded this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It took a while for them to process that, but that is the greatest hope that he is coming again. Because, and I think what carries us through in this world with all the sadness, the death, the sorrow, is that promise. Just last night, Glenn passed away. Uh, I was talking to, to uh, Ginger's family today. I was there last night with the family. Um, if you don't know Ginger, you need to know Ginger. 
She has been through so much. Sometimes you wonder how she can just make it through all that she's been through and then losing her husband last night. And yet what comes out of her mouth constantly is encouragement to other people. She is always encouraging other people. In fact, she was, she was planning on coming tonight. But I think her family said, we just need to get some rest. But she holds on to that hope. Because, because every 